Welcome to The Excellent Fiduciary, a podcast from Roland Chris, where we explore what it takes to meet and exceed the demands of managing an employee benefit plan in today's complex market. From regulatory developments to fiduciary news and practical tips, tune in to The Excellent Fiduciary for your step-by-step guide in achieving compliance and confidence in a new fiduciary era. Now let's begin today's show with an introduction from our Roland Chris host. The risks related to overseeing investments. In employee benefit plans, a source of discomfort for many business unit executives and managers that serve as fiduciaries on retirement plan committees. Investment fiduciary risk is frequently misunderstood, which can lead to the pursuit of remedies that fail to alleviate exposure to actual legal liability. An examination of the factors that cause investment risk for organizations that sponsor retirement plans is an essential starting point for ensuring that the right things are done the right way. Hi, I'm Ron Hagen, Chairman of the Risk Standards Committee at Roland Chris. As a risk advisor to employers that sponsor employee benefit plans, uh, specifically retirement plans, qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act, We focus on management processes. We are not investment advisors. Yet, some of the most significant process deficiencies that we find in the retirement plan community fall under the investment discipline. Investors face a variety of decision-making risks. Uh, For example, registered securities like stocks, mutual funds, exchange-traded funds, and bonds can lose some and even all of their value. By the same token, insured investments like CDs issued by financial institutions may not earn enough interest over time to keep pace with cost of living increases. The risks that confront retirement plan fiduciaries, however, transcend the risks associated with any specific investment option. Today's podcast focuses on how investment fiduciary risk differs from investment risk and present steps that resolve the differences. First, uh, I think it would be a good idea for us to review the elements of investment risk. Investing requires that choices be made about what to do with financial assets. Each choice has the potential to expose the assets to one or more undesirable outcomes. We use the term risk to express any uncertainty regarding investments that has the potential to negatively affect the financial welfare of the owner of the invested assets. Now, here are a few of the common risk factors that challenge investors. First of all, there is what we call market risk. Market risk is that exposure to the fact that asset values might rise or fall due to conditions in the broad market for that class of investments that were chosen. Secondly, we have business risk. Corporate development actions like mergers and major business expansions often have an effect on an investment. There is political risk. International businesses in which investors' assets are devoted are exposed to the possibility that the host country will make political decisions that will adversely affect an organization's profitability. uh, Political actions can range from very detrimental, such as widespread destruction due to revolution, to those of a more financial nature, such as the creation of laws that prevent the movement of capital. 
Then there's currency risk. This category of risk emerges when the relative value of currencies change. Currency changes can trigger unpredictable gains and losses when investment profits or, or dividends are converted from a foreign currency into U.S. dollars, as an example. There's liquidity risk, the degree of difficulty encountered when the need to convert an in investment into cash is yet another key contingency that investors must consider. And then the last of the risks that uh, I'll briefly introduce you to today is what we call concentration risk. In general terms, the extent to which an investor's assets are concentrated in one vehicle, such as a publicly traded company stock, dictates the degree to which the assets are exposed to the success or failure of a single source. Well, investment risk envelops the deliberations of all types of investors, but organizations that assume the responsibility for selecting investment options that their employees will use to make investment decisions in their company-sponsored retirement plans encounter a very different kind of risk. And understanding the, dis uh, the distinction between an investor and an investment fiduciary that manages the investment discipline for their organization's retirement plan is somewhat nuanced, but it's essential in managing an effective corporate risk strategy. The growing number of organizations that are paying large judgments and fines in breach of fiduciary duty lawsuits have discovered the potent negative impact that a misunderstanding of the fiduciary role as it relates to investments has on enterprise risk. So that leads us then to ask, are ERISA planned fiduciaries investors? In the community of organizations that sponsor employee benefit plans qualified under ERISA, the proper management of the investment discipline is not demonstrated by the performance of the mutual funds and other securities in the investment lineup, but rather by the methods used that the decision makers used to arrive at the selection and monitoring of the funds managers and the securities. Now, the rationale for ERISA's definition of investment-related responsibility is based on the reality that few organizations make investment decisions for their ERISA plans. Instead, the fiduciaries of the plans hire experts who are part of a class of investors called mutual fund managers who make those decisions. And to put it simply, the legal duty imposed on ERISA plan sponsors focuses on the methods they use to scrutinize third-party investors to whom they delegate investment decisions before hiring them and monitoring the investors ongoing. Since the clear majority of 401k and 403b type retirement plans delegate investment decisions to mutual fund managers, it's appropriate to ask if planned fiduciaries are really investors and to what extent are they responsible for mutual fund managers' decisions. Well, the duty to monitor the delegated investors is borne solely by the plan's primary responsible fiduciaries. So-called 321 and 338 investment advisors do not alleviate the primary responsible fiduciaries from a monitoring accountability. Now, the skills needed to manage the investment risks discussed earlier are expected to be well-developed among professional investors. 
Investors like the money managers for a mutual fund operation, for example. Even though few executives and managers that serve as primary responsible fiduciaries for their employers' ERISA plans are professional investors, they still bear ERISA's demand for competency in the investment discipline. The delegation of investment decisions to mutual fund managers, which the Department of Labor calls prudent experts, satisfies ERISA's expectation that fiduciaries will seek help from skilled parties where competency is lacking. Delegation of investment decisions to a skilled third party doesn't, however, relieve the primary responsible fiduciary of their duty to supervise and evaluate such a party. Now, the degree to which ERISA plan fiduciaries are exposed to investment risk is far more dependent on the quality of their procedures for selecting and supervising prudent experts than on the investment risk factors that I discussed earlier in this article. The most knowledgeable investment committees treat procedural risk with as much respect and care as their delegated investment managers regard investment risk. Now, as our time for today's podcast runs out, I'd like to give you clear-cut steps that map a pathway to confidence and assurance for C-level executives and human resources leaders. Our firm's clients employ an internal controls framework that supports a compliant procedural risk management system which aligns with five principles. And I'll give those to you right now. First of all, uh, a decision-making process, a formal decision-making process, I should add. Number two, knowledge of the roles of all the players. Number three, they communicate well with planned participants. Number four, they document their decision-making methodology and how they arrive at their investment delegation decisions. And finally, they conduct periodic risk assessments in order to ensure that their own framework is being adhered to. I'm going to spend just a couple of minutes on each of these five steps to summarize how they contribute to a so-called prudent process. First of all, I mentioned uh, the installation of a formal decision-making process is the first and probably the most critical aspect of establishing a demonstration of prudence. A key success factor, in fact, for fiduciaries that works in all types of financial markets is to have a roadmap that guides the management of the retirement plan. As, to, as opposed to feeling that decisions rest on one individual's or committee's shoulders, a fiduciary internal controls framework outlines essential steps that responsible parties need to take on a weekly, monthly, or quarterly basis to be compliant under ERISA and to fulfill the expectations of the company's stakeholders. Fiduciaries should be trained in all four of the fiduciary disciplines that make up the investment process. Uh, those disciplines, I'll just mention them briefly, are governance, administration, investments, and controls. You may gain more information, more detail about these four disciplines. Just send me an email at excellentfiduciary at rollandchris.com, and I'll send you a handy uh, briefing on that subject. Uh, the second step involved in the five-step prudent process is to identify the key internal and external players and ensure that all parties know their responsibilities. Most retirement plan sponsors rely on at least one, if not several, outside experts for guidance 
given the somewhat esoteric nature of the investment industry and the various demands on a plan sponsor's time. Uh, indeed, this strategic outsourcing is a recommended practice under ERISA. And while it may be true that each of the retirement plan service providers can be relied on for guidance regarding the selection of plan investments, it's important to know which of them are legally accountable for providing that type of advice. Uh, for example, record-keeping firms can be considered a resource for investment counsel, but by their vendor sector's uh, common choosing, they do not accept a legal fiduciary capacity. Now, while nothing about this arrangement is inherently wrong, it's important for a plan sponsor to be clear about the delineations in this type of relationship so that all parties understand where the ultimate discretion and decision-making power resides, both for practical and legal purposes. Uh, the third thing in that five-step outline I gave you a moment ago is to communicate with employees regularly. It almost goes without saying that uh, a well-executed communication plan can be the difference between having a group of concerned employees or a team that believes their leadership is doing everything it can to protect their interests and their retirement plan assets. Then let's document. Be sure we document the process that's used for decisions. Uh, when talking with retirement plan sponsors, we find that most believe they spend an adequate amount of time managing their retirement plans. Uh, the U.S. Department of Labor's enforcement activity over the last few years, however, reveals that even plan sponsors that spend enough time managing their plans don't reflect that time by documenting their oversight. And specifically, the DOL seeks documentation typically that provides evidence of a prudent decision-making process. And one of those recommendations from the DOL is to include uh, minutes of any formal meetings that involve the retirement plan, including uh, investment committee gatherings, advisor reports or updates, management discussions, and vendor evaluations. And then the fifth step in that five-step prudent process uh, a procedure is to commission a periodic investment risk assessment. Now, even if a plan sponsor hasn't prioritized a regular review of the plan's investment policy in the past, times of economic volatility current today prompt an analysis of the retirement plan's investment policy statement to ensure fidelity by all parties involved in the retirement plan's decisions. Uh, the investment policy details how an organization will enable its participants to be retirement ready, and it specifies the plan's risk tolerance and diversification metrics that should consistently be met. Now, particularly in a shifting financial market like we have now, it's imperative that plan sponsors and their advisors are confident that the parameters of the investment policy serve participants' best interests and that all management and investment decisions align with that strategy. A review of the investment policy with an independent third-party provider can ensure that all four disciplines I mentioned earlier are being addressed, that planned participant interests are being satisfied, and that all involved parties are successfully filling their role under ERISA. Gaining assurance that ERISA plans investment oversight system aligns with authentic fiduciary standards of care 
requires an understanding of the differences between investment risk and procedural risk. A good way to ensure that your plan's oversight system is in step with ERISA is to commission an independent investment risk assessment. That would be the ideal starting point given where we are right now in a marketplace that has exploding volatility and other stresses that retirement plan fiduciaries face. Now, for more information on how to in, uh, on how an investment risk assessment works, again, you may contact me by email at excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com. Well, thank you for joining us today. Please contact me with any questions about today's topic at excellentfiduciary at rolandchris.com. Our website, rolandchris.com, has more resources about the role and duties of fiduciaries who serve employee benefit plans qualified under the Employee Retirement Income Security Act. Join us next time, and until then, have a great day.